the one thing I know is that the soul is one and whole and complete right now. The key is, is to realize that, to wake up to that inside yourself, to hear me speak, to hear Brian speak, to hear or read what other teachers have said over the centuries about this pathway, about meditation, about awakening into the truth of who we are as soul is one thing, to hear it. It leads you into hope, it leads, leads into belief, but it doesn't give the experience. Meditation leads to experience. And meditation is an action that you have to take, not that we take for you, not that the spiritual teacher ever takes for you. The teacher is there to guide, to give direction, to give inspiration, to point a direction, whatever it is for us to do the work, the inner work as well as the outer work. And the inner work has to do with contemplation, concentration, meditation, these three actions that lead into the greater awakening. It really starts with concentration, learning to concentrate, learning to hold our focus in a one-pointed focus. And then in that action of concentration and one-pointed focus, moving into contemplation, contemplating something that will lead us into awakening, that will open our consciousness into a greater awareness than it's ever had before. So we contemplate that name of God. We chant that name of God over and over and over that we might begin through concentration and then contemplation begin to expand, to begin to open, to begin to awaken to a greater truth than just the truth that the mind has held us in bondage with. So by concentrating first on that inner light, that light that dwells at the seat of the soul, and beginning to awaken to that as we hold our attention inward and upward through concentration, and then contemplating that sacred name, expanding into that light and becoming aware of the greater truth of who we are as that light, that is the light of our own soul. And then through contemplation, waking up to the truth of the sacred name, seeing the inner light, hearing that inner sound, and begin to waken into that inner journey. It truly is about the soul liberating itself. The soul chose bondage when it chose to come down into this world. But did the soul really choose bondage? Did it choose to come into the world? Or did God invite the soul to come down into this world to have experience here? I think it's the latter. I don't think that God would allow us just to come into bondage. But I think he brought us here. He directed us here as souls going into his creation to have experience and said, here, this is a part of me as well. Go and experience this part of me. And go and stay there until you have experienced that part of me fully. And then I will call you back. That's my experience. I would invite you to go and have yours. Find out why is your soul here? Why are you in this journey? How did you get here and how do you get out? The key is, it's about you. It's about you doing the work. You doing the work. 
And it is work. I wish it was always fun. But this world doesn't make everything fun. It creates ideas of responsibility and separation and difficulty. It creates the idea of entrapment, of bondage, of limitation, of the impossible. And the mind wraps around that belief that the world offers it and believes it. And the soul using the mind for experience in this world will follow after the mind, believing what the mind is telling it about this creation and its truths. But it is for us, inevitably, to break free of that bondage of the mind and to rise above it enough to begin to glimpse the greater truth, the truth beyond limitation, beyond the finite, and to begin to glimpse into the infinite and into the limitless. That's done through our own effort. It's interesting that the word discipline comes (coughs) forward having to do with the relationship between a spiritual teacher and one who takes teachings from that teacher, initiation. And the word discipline comes out of discipleship. It is about discipline. And if any of you have, and I know you, most of you have, sat down and meditated regularly over a period of time, you realize that there are days where it's so simple just to sit down and close your eyes and go inside and have experience, and it's free, it's joyful, it's easy. And you get up and you take that into your day, and it's wonderful. And then there are other days when you sit down to meditate that it is an effort. It is work. It is something that you don't know why you're doing. Why not just get up and go do something else? That's where it takes discipline. To be a good disciple is to also understand that it is about discipline, about doing it no matter what because you want the outcome that it is guiding you and leading you to. And that's what meditation is about. That's what this action is about. Jesus shared something with his disciples. And in that he said, to go into the closet and there pray daily. Do not go into the world And pray, and do not pray before your neighbors that they know your actions and measure you by that. But rather, go privately into your own closet and there pray, so that it is private between you and God only. That, to me, tells me that there is something very sacred in this action of developing a relationship between you and God and inviting God into your daily life to pray daily and to pray unceasingly, as he said. 
to never stop praying. Well, if that's true then, does that mean that I've got to live in the closet? I've got to pray unceasingly means that I've got to be in the closet meditating all the time. Somebody better bring me my food and take care of me. No, that's not what he's saying. What I have found is that my meditation time is something that is very sacred. And I do it privately in my own space, in my own time. But I have also found that in that action over these years of my meditation, that meditation isn't just for that hour or those two hours. It truly begins to be something that is a continual process that you do begin to be the living prayer, that you pray unceasingly, that you're in constant meditation. Whether you're in the closet, if you were, meditating privately, or going out into the world to do that of the world, you begin to be a living prayer. That meditation begins to live in you and through you in all that you do. I, for myself, I know, I have found that that name of God that was given to me in initiation that I chanted over and over and over daily, daily, daily up until this day lives within me. And that if I listen very carefully inside myself, I can hear my soul speaking it even in the midst of the busiest times of the day. My soul is now ever, ever chanting that name, ever praising God ever looking up to the Creator, to its source, to the truth. And that's what it's all about. It doesn't mean that you stay in your meditation, in your closet, separated from the world so that nobody knows that that's what you're doing, and do that all the time there. But it does mean That's where it starts, privately, quietly, lovingly, beginning to hold your focus inside, inward and upward, giving thanks to the Lord, praise to the Lord. And yes, maybe even calling out to God at times of trouble, asking of God for assistance. But if you're going to ask, also ask the way Jesus taught it. And I refer to Jesus only because the Western society is a Christian society. And there's a lot of things that are said by what is supposed to be the truth that Jesus taught. I know that there are some things that the Christian church teaches today that isn't necessarily what Jesus truly taught his disciples. But I do know there are those things that are. And one thing he did teach about prayer is to pray as though it has already been given. And pray in the attitude of gratitude. Don't beg of God. Don't be a beggar before God, but be one who rejoices in God, gives thanks to God. And so if there's things in your life that you want, money, companionship, health, a dog, I don't know, what is it? Don't go before God as a beggar, begging of God. Oh, please, please, Lord, when is it going to come? Where is it? 
I keep looking for it. I keep waiting for it. Why isn't it here? Go before the Lord, chanting the name of God, singing God his praise. And in that, also offer your gratitude for all that you have in your life. Everything. Including that which, in your own mind, you still don't have and want. Include it all. You know, I've got some physical things going on in my body. As I'm sure we all do. I don't go before God begging, please, please, please take this away. I've done that. I found out very soon that God works in mysterious ways, and often those mysterious ways is, well, then go to the doctor. Find out what to do. So I found to give thanks to God for these things that are in my life. And that if there's something in this that I can learn from it, please bring me awareness of what this, is, what this lesson is. What is the teaching here that I might wake up more into the greater truth of who I am as soul, as loving, as a child of God. And I give thanks for whatever is present in my life. And I find that things become simpler and easier and grace-filled in ways that wasn't before happening. And it's not easy to sit and pray at first with the attitude of gratitude for cancer, for migraine headaches, for an ingrown toenail or whatever it might be. But when you do, when you begin to truly do it, and at first it will just be words. But when you do it, and you do it regularly, something changes. All of a sudden that speaking in an attitude of gratitude, even though you don't believe it, you don't feel it, it's not true in you, all of a sudden something shifts and it becomes real. And the moment that happens, you begin to understand what gratitude truly is. And you begin to realize that it's in that gratitude that God can give to you what God wishes to give to you. Gratitude opens the door wide for God to give to you those blessings that God wishes to give you the divine child that God created. Oftentimes when we go to God as a beggar, we hold the door shut. We hold the door shut because we're saying, well, no, I want it this way, Lord. Now, I'm not going to open the door until you tell me you're going to give it to me this way. And so we can hold that door shut as we beg of God for things. But when we just open that door wide and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I just thank you for it all. God can bring so much into your life and just lay it in your life that you will be overwhelmed. And what is it that he lays at your feet the most and brings to you the most is loving. 
And in that loving is all things. God is all things. Before God created, there was nothing. And out of God came all things. And it's through the movement of God, which is loving, that all things came into being. And so when God brings to you loving, God brings to you all things. All things. Everything. Everything you ever need. Everything you ever want. Everything and more than you could ever imagine and never thought you needed, God will bring to you. And in that will be the opportunities of learning, of growing, of becoming fully awake as a soul. And yes, a part of that in this creation is learning the lessons that this creation has to offer us. And so God will bring to you opportunities of learning in this physical creation, but he will also bring to you and with you those awarenesses of how to perceive, how to receive, how to act, how to fulfill, how to understand, so that this creation becomes a fulfillment for the soul and not a trap. God never sent us here to be trapped, never held in bondage. God just wanted us to walk through this valley of shadows. He didn't say sit down and enjoy it. He didn't say stay there for a while. He didn't say, well, stay here till I come back and get you. He said, no, walk through the valley of shadows and I'll walk with you through there. It would have been nice maybe for some of us if he had said, and the, the walk is this long. Be prepared. But I'm with you all the way. Sometimes you won't notice I'm there, but I'm there. And the key to get through the valley of shadows is you keep moving. You keep in action. You keep doing you don't sit down and begin to moan and groan and say, Oh, Lord, why did you abandon me? Where are you? I don't know what to do. I'm just stuck here. I'm not moving till you show up. God is in the eternal moment. If we sit down in the now past and wait for God in the past to come, we may find ourselves in great disappointment because God is moving forward ever in the valley of shadows towards fulfillment, towards completion, towards what's next. And it's for us to stay in action with God so that God can stay in action with us. We keep doing, we keep stepping forward. Even if we don't know where we're going to go, be willing to take the next step. Find out where it leads. Find out if it's taking you where you want to go. If it is, great. If it isn't, make some choices and make new directions and get going. Keep moving. Don't ever stop. It's in stagnation that we suffer. It's in stagnation that we're in bondage. And meditation... If it's done right, it never stops. That's where I stay present with God. That's where I keep in action with God. 
And that's where I find God ever moving and walking and in action with me. And as I walk through this valley of shadows, it isn't filled with shadows. It's filled with God. And it's filled with God's opportunities for this soul to grow, to awaken even more into the truth of who I am in God. And in this place of shadow and separation, I do not dwell in the shadows and I do not live in separation. I live in the knowing. I live in the fulfillment. I live in the now, which is God, which is loving. And that is the fulfillment of our own soul. So no matter how hard life gets, no matter how difficult the situation is in your life, keep moving. Now, sometimes keep moving means sit down, close your eyes and go inside and move inside. Maybe the body doesn't do anything. It doesn't mean keep the body moving 24 hours a day, but it does mean keep moving inside. Stay awake, stay aware. What's right now? What's going on? Who am I doing this with? How am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Where is this leading me? Am I in action? Am I in reaction? Am I stagnating or am I in motion? And that all can be done right here, eyes closed, eyes open, but not seemingly doing anything. Or it can be you get up and you go do. You trim the vines off the trees. You open up the garden so that more light can get in. You do whatever it takes in the life of your your day to allow yourself to keep in action, to keep in motion, to keep nurturing, to keep taking care of your life. I've done stagnation. I know what that looks like and feels like. And it's not fun. And I know all of us here know that in our own way. We've all stagnated. It's a part of this world. The world invites us to stagnate. It throws things in the way of our consciousness and in our body to stop the body from moving forward and stop our consciousness from moving forward. It loves to promote stagnation here. So that it's the soul stays trapped here. That's how this world works. What we are to do is to move into that middle way, not to get caught up in the realms of this creation or of the polarities of this creation, the positive and negative, but rather to move into that neutrality, that middle way where the river runs fluid. It never stagnates. It's ever moving. And to move into that and just get caught up in that current and go with it and let it take you where it will. And not to let yourself wander off into the positive or the negative sides of this creation where stagnation resides. And yeah, the positive side has a lot of stagnation to it. When life is good, we struggle to hold on to it. 
And when life is bad, we struggle to push ourselves away from it. But in the struggle to hold on or to push away, we hold ourselves in stagnation. Let go. Let yourself drift into a moment of experience and then choose back into the loving. Don't struggle with whatever is in the positive or the negative sides of life that can lead you into stagnation. It's a challenging concept, but it's a wonderful way of living. To be in neutrality, to be in God's loving, to be in that flow, to be in that current, and to go with it and to let it carry you, and not to be concerned of yesterday or tomorrow, but only be aware of this day and the moment of this day. I was told by a teacher so long ago inside to live one day at a time, one breath at a time. And that's a key. And that has ever carried me forward to live this breath now, to live this moment now, to live this day now. Right now, not to look back there, not to look an hour ago, a year ago, a lifetime ago, and try to figure that out, try to correct it. It doesn't correct it. It only holds us in stagnation. And not to ponder tomorrow when you've got to go to the dentist. And oh my God, what is that going to feel like when he's sticking that injection into my gum to fill that tooth? Oh, just don't want to think about it, but I can't stop thinking about it. I'm just, I'm just dwelling on it and worrying about it. And oh, the pain that that's, it's just terrible. I can't believe I've got to go there. Maybe I should cancel and try. No, it hurts too much. I got to go. That's not living in the moment. That's living in the future. That's living in polarity. Past and future is polarity. You live in the moment. And you just keeps taking step by step by step into what's next, what's now, what's now. And that's how you become fulfilled. And that's how you become a fulfillment. And that's how you get liberated is through that action. And I learned how to do that through meditation first. Through concentration on the inner light, on contemplation on the inner name, I woke up into that action of meditation where neutrality resides, where that loving resides, and I became familiar with that divine flow, that divine movement of loving. And once I was familiar with it there, then I could begin to look and find it in my life and in the world. And it's here. It's in the world, but we've got to find it. And you know where it is? It resides right here and it flows from here at the seat of the soul into your daily life once you are aware of it and call it forward into your daily life. And then you just follow it. You just follow it. So every day when I get up, Lord God, at this time I ask that your Holy Spirit, that which is the sacred name, go before me, clear away any and all disturbances, distractions, that I keep my eyes on you and only you. 
That's how I call that loving presence forward into my day. I meditate. I call that present. I call that forward. And then I follow it wherever I go in the day. That's how it's done. And it's really simple once you get the knack of it. But at first, it seems so difficult because we're so addicted to the worlds of polarity and we keep choosing backward and forward, positive and negative, past and future. So, what do you want in your life? What are you searching for? What are you calling out to God for? It's funny because when I said that, I heard a whole other statement inside. Because when I say, what are you calling out to God for? It's a question. But one time, I had a teacher come up inside of me and say, what are you calling out to God for? Do it yourself. Find out for yourself. Get it complete yourself. You created this mess. Now you take care of the mess. Change it. Alter it. Leave it alone. Do something different. And so when I said that just now, it brought all that other up. Like, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and that's really the truth too. What are you calling out to God for? You created the mess. Clean it up. I remember very clearly when that happened. I had just finished high school. I had started working at this grocery store, H-E-B, in San Antonio. And my first job there was to go around late at night. Seems like for a long time I had night jobs. And... I had to sweep up the store. I would just start at 10 o'clock. We stayed open till midnight, but the stores was getting quieter and I had to sweep up everything, get it really clean. And I'd go around and I'd be sweeping and cleaning and everything and then the manager would come by and said, you missed all this over here. You're not getting your job done. Get back over here and get this done. And I'm going, golly, I have to I thought I was doing such a good job. And I had to start sweeping with more awareness, paying attention to every part of the floor. And, oh, what about behind there? What about this crevice? And, and I had to pay attention. And I learned that I was just doing things rather unconsciously. I thought I was conscious about cleaning up, but I wasn't until I learned to pay attention to what I was doing. Pay attention to your daily life. Pay attention to your attitudes and to your focus and to your direction and to how you're doing. Are you in action or reaction? Pay attention. Take responsibility. That's what my boss told me. If you want this job, if you want to keep it, if you want a paycheck, do your job. Be responsible. Or else... Go and get another job that you can do better. Well, your job as a soul is to experience in this creation. And guess what? God's not going to fire you. God's just going to keep reminding you 
of things you're not getting done and keep reminding you to get them done. It's your job. This is what I put you here for. Do it. Do it. Do it. And believe me, I know one thing. You can't ask the manager to do it for you. The manager's going to look at you like you're crazy. Well, God won't look at you like you're crazy, but God will look at you and say, no, you do it. That's why I put you here. So kind of an interesting message just before Christmas. But here's a nice little gift. There's a gift inside each of us waiting to be opened every day. God gives us a gift, a present, every day inside. And for some of us, we open them periodically. Not all the time, but we open them and we go, Oh, wow, this is great. Oh, thank you, Lord. And for others of us, we're afraid to open them because we don't know what's inside. And we don't know maybe who they even came from. And for some of us, we're not even aware that there's a present there for us. But at the same time, we're calling out to God every day, please give me a present. Please bring this into my life. To open a present, you have to be receiving. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to see what's inside. Not afraid of it but to see what's there. And maybe it's not exactly what you want. Did you ever open up a present as a child anticipating a wonderful toy and, oh, more underwear? Golly, what's going on here, God? You just keep giving me underwear. Whatever the present is for that day, receive it in joy. Thank you. Oh, wow, this is wonderful. I'll see what I can do with this. It'll change your life. Every day, every morning, as you wake up, thank God for the present that is being presented to you in that day. <clears throat> and then see what it is. Pay attention and walk through the day. Keep looking for where that present lies. And open it. As soon as you find it, open it. It may be in another person, and it may be inside yourself. <clears throat> and it may be in a situation. But in that present will be your opportunity of the day to wake up and know the Lord in a new and wonderful way. So that's my story. <laughs>